Chapter Seven of the Submarine Boys and the Smugglers by Victor G. Durham. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by John Brandon. Chapter Seven, Playing Flip Flop with Danger. In the meantime, the skipper of the Velvet had succeeded in opening the lock on the door. Stay where you are, Jake. He called in a low voice. I'll pass the stuff down to you jake by now was on the cellar bottom having hung the lantern on a hook set in a post from above the skipper passed the two cases one after the other down to jake who stood near the foot of the stairs having done this much the skipper after closing the trap overhead came down to the cellar bottom i reckon we're poor housekeepers jake declared the skipper speaking in a lower tone than usual we'll have to straighten up all the stuff in this cellar or we can't put much more in what ails you man this last question was shot out sharply for a rat had scurried among the boxes in the cellar making considerable noise what have you got that pistol in your hand for the skipper went on jake you're plumb nervous tonight i know i am assented the deckhand ever since we lost that chap overboard i've been seeing dead men's faces bosh cried the skipper angrily put that pistol up jake the way you're handling that thing you'll shoot me the first thing you know i'd shoot my own father tonight if he slipped up behind me and scared me jake declared gruffly put that pistol up you have no business carrying one i notice you always carry one skipper jake retorted of course i do but I'm not nervous, came the dry answer. I carry a pistol so I can take care of revenue officers or spies of any kind. I don't mean ever to be spied upon or taken alive, but I'm safe with a weapon and you're not. Put that pistol up, I tell you. Before I do that, Jake insisted, taking down the lantern with his left hand, I want to search this cellar. I heard a noise so did i jeered the skipper but it was a rat and rats won't hurt men of our kind put that pistol up i tell you for the last time if you want to search the cellar you can do it by putting these piles of cases shipshape who'll bring up the cases jake asked there are six more true i had forgotten that admitted the skipper jake you can bring up the cases and i'll straighten things here if i left you here alone i'd come back and find you shooting everything in sight full of holes don't shoot the schooner up when you get back but hustle i don't want to go down to that schooner alone in the dark the deckhand insisted quiver in his voice see here you idiot snarled the skipper grasping the younger man by the throat i've had enough of your nonsense you get back to the schooner and just hustle those cases up here if i have any more nonsense out of you i'll the skipper didn't finish jake didn't wait for him to but dropped the lantern and darted up the stairs of all the fools growled the skipper irritably i discharge him but he knows too much about me now to see how this stuff here can be set more shipshape first of all the forward end of this shore hold lantern and skipper were now headed straight for the hiding place of the submarine boys 
Worst of all, Jack, in the last peep he thought it wise to take, discovered that the gruff man of the sea was carrying his own revolver in his right hand. In an ambush, if well managed, the submarine boys might succeed in downing this man and disarming him. But that would reveal their presence, which was exactly what Benson did not want to do. At what he judged the proper instant, Jack nudged Hal, who slipped noiselessly over to his right, rounding a tier of boxes. Jack followed stealthily on his chum's heels just as the skipper went around the other side of the tier. Thus far they were safe from discovery, though there could be no telling at what moment a false step might make a noise that must betray them. There was dim light throughout the cellar, though it was, of course, brighter in the near neighborhood of the lantern. This row of boxes can be shoved back against the end of the cellar, muttered the skipper half aloud, after a short inspection of his surroundings. I'll start it now. Under cover of this noise, Jack and Hal cautiously slipped down the cellar along its northern side. On account of the dimness of the light, they had to go slowly. Then, too, the greatest care was needed in stopping their slow progress whenever the skipper paused, and all was silent. It now looked like an easy matter to get out of the cellar, and doubtless it would have been, but for a heavy tread overhead followed by the appearance of Jake on the stairs. Boss, he called. Hello, answered the skipper, pausing in his work. Where do you want this case? Drop it at the foot of the stairs. Wait, I'm coming. Skipper and Light moved down to meet Jake. At this instant, Benson and Hastings were within a dozen feet of the foot of the stairs, crouching behind a low tier of boxes. You've got five more cases to get up? asked the skipper. Right. Hustle them along. I'll open this one. Hanging the lantern once more on the post hook, the skipper picked up a hammer and cold chisel. Soon prying half the lid from the top of the case Jake had just brought. I can finish this later, though, muttered the skipper half aloud. It'll be better if I go above and watch Jake. He wouldn't have more sense than to come right in with the big box, even if he met someone on the road at this hour of the night. Feeling to see that his revolver was in his right-hand coat pocket, the skipper next ascended the stairs, leaving the lantern on the hook. It's now, I guess, if ever, breathed Jack in his chum's ear, but we'll have to be mighty careful not to be seen or heard. As he reached the open box, however, Benson could not resist the temptation to thrust his right hand inside the box. What he brought out was a smaller box. Havana cigars, he whispered, after studying the label on the box. Then he slipped it under his jacket. Isn't that almost stealing, whispered Hal. Hardly. I'm taking it for evidence, also for another purpose, that I'll explain to you by and by. Now follow me softly up the steps. Jack went up in the lead until his head was 
almost through the trap. He had barely glanced above him when he heard the skipper turn and come back. There was just time for the submarine boys to slip down the steps on tiptoe. The skipper halted, however, before he came to the trap door. Jake was coming in. Put the case near the foot of the stairs, the submarine boys heard Redbeard say as they slipped back into their late hiding place a dozen feet away. Down came Jake with his heavy tread. Bump! sounded the packing case as it landed on the floor. What are you hanging down there for? queried the gruff voice of the skipper as Jake lingered for an instant. Fixing my suspender, grunted Jake. I'm coming now. As Jake left the shed, the skipper's tread could be heard above, on about the middle of the floor. If we get out of here, whispered Jack Benson gleefully in his chum's ear. Yes, mocked Hal, if... If we do, Jack went on in his chum's ear, there'll be a box of fine cigars missing down here. Jake lingered, so his skipper will accuse him of having stolen it. That will start suspicion and discord between the greater and lesser rascal. Not until Jake had trudged up with the last case did the skipper follow his deckhand below. Now that we've got everything up from the boat, said the skipper, we may as well bring out the straw and sleep here on the floor. When we've had a sleep, there'll be a lot of work to do, and even if I am the owner of this old shed, I don't want the village folks to see you and me going in and coming out of an empty shed in broad daylight. They might wonder what we found to do in a place that everybody around here supposes to be empty. Get out the straw, Jake, and fix it, and we'll have a real sleep for a few hours. As he spoke, the skipper thrust a hand down into the case that he had already opened. Jake, he inquired, with sudden suspicion, did your suspender need much fixing? Not much, replied the deckhand. I thought not, leered the skipper. But there's a box of cigars gone from this case. I didn't take it, flared up Jake. I'll talk to you about that after we've had our nap, replied the skipper grimly. Though Jake muttered savagely, both presently lay down on piles of straw just at the foot of the steps. Overhead the trap had been left open a little to give them air. Within two minutes, hours of hard work had driven both men into slumber. But the skipper stirred every now and then, like one accustomed to wake on the least alarm. "'Going to try it?' asked Hal, knowing the thought uppermost in his chum's mind. "'Wait until I take a peep and see,' whispered Benson in his chum's nearer ear. As Jack glanced about, the sight did not especially please him. Even though the lantern now burned dimly, the two men lay in such positions that it was going to be ticklish work to step over them and reach the stairs. Besides, each man lay with his revolver gripped in his right hand. It wouldn't be good for one's health to wake them too suddenly, young Benson muttered dryly to himself. Gonna try it? insisted Whispering Hal. Hmm, wait a little. 
and see how wise it looks not until five minutes later did jack nudge his chum then give a nod we'll take a chance whispered jack i'm willing to take one chance at anything hal told himself as he pivoted softly on his feet prepared to follow his leader with the stealth of a cat end of chapter seven recording by john brandon